Canto 11 of The Paradise begins with quite a harsh few tercets in a way. Dante says that there's a whole range of occupations here on earth that are the activities of people with only mortal horizons. They're beating their wings in life, he says, but engaging in a downward flight rather than, of course, the upward flight which he is now fully embarked upon. And I think the point is that we can live lives which are just quite flat, maybe good. Some of the activities that he lists in this section are good things to do, um, to become a doctor, to become a lawyer, to become a priest, to be involved in government in one sort or other way. Um, there's nothing bad in them in terms of this world, but I think what he is suggesting particularly here in the sphere of the sun, is that they can be so preoccupied with one part of reality that they miss trying to focus, rise their, raise their attention to other parts of reality, which of course he is now experiencing fully. And so in that sense, they're actually very little different from other activities which he lists as well, which might involve theft and prostitution and various kinds of extortion. Um, he bundles them all together in these tercets um, because I think he's not making a moral difference between them when clearly then they would be in different groups but he's saying in a way spiritually these are all much of a muchness because they keep you preoccupied with affairs of secular life with affairs of earthly life and don't help you to reach for the sun which is where he is now and he says I was free of that here in the sphere of the sun, surrounded by these 12 glorious lights, which he talked about in the last canto, with Beatrice next to him, realising that there's a gloriousness which we can all strive to see. Remember that canto 10 ended with the 12 luminaries performing a dance around him, looking like a crown, looking like a radiant crown, indeed one whose parts resemble the rays of the sun here in the sphere of the sun and now they settle down uh, Dante says they assembled like candles on a candelabra and Thomas Aquinas speaks to him again um, his light brightens um, as happens when these souls speak out um, it's a little indicator as to what this inner light is about Thomas wants to share more with Dante and that very act of sharing is what causes his light to increase. We feel that when we're about to be offered some new piece of insight, wisdom, detail, glory, be shown some new splendour. Um, we feel um, the light shining more brightly inside us um, and maybe see it if we're about to be told by another person. That's the quality of this inner light um, that Dante is seeking to convey to us. And what Thomas is going to tell him about is a figure whose very life shone with this inner light so powerfully that it completely changed Europe. Um, he's going to tell him about the figure of Francis Assisi. And again, it's a really good clue as to how to see this inner light of the sun. Um, it's not a charismatic presence. It's more a kind of intensity that some lives carry
because we feel they are living from a completely different level of reality. Um, in worldly terms, even in moral terms, it might make little sense, it might seem a kind of madness, and yet we can focus on their lives at a different level and see that in spiritual terms they're bringing nothing less than divine life into the world. And Thomas Aquinas is pointing to Francis because he's relatively new at the time. He lived and died just about 80 years or so before Dante um, has situated the Divine Comedy. Um, but also because his impact was so enormous so quickly. Um, he, in a way, seeded what came to be the Renaissance. He um, inspired new forms of art, new kinds of investigation. Um, it was a very radical life um, in the sense of being quite hard to comprehend, um, you know, the poverty that he embraced, which Dante is going to major on now, um, seems like a kind of madness. Um, he received the stigmata, and nowadays we would say that is some kind of psychosomatic phenomenon. Um, it's a life that could have been reduced by interpreting it in purely material terms, but when you look at it and consider the life that it released across Europe. So even now, Francis is one of the best known saints. And to go to Assisi to this day is an inspiring thing to do. You realise that his life unleashed the energy of this sphere of the sun. And much of the canto is preoccupied with the telling of the life of St Francis by Thomas Aquinas. He tells it in an interesting way. He focuses very much on the poverty side of Francis. Um, he says that Francis um, embraced lady poverty, um, and it was the first time that lady poverty had found a spouse since the time of Jesus, when Jesus married lady poverty. Um, and it's a striking way of putting it, um, because, of course, it focuses on the embrace of um, a female incarnation of a divine aspect, which is what Dante has been doing with his embrace of Beatrice, with his following Beatrice. Um, and so it has a certain kind of quality um, in that way. It's also striking because Francis is just one of two saints we're going to be given. The next one, Dominic, in the next canto, in Canto 12. Um, and Thomas explains that where Francis shone with the, the light of the seraphim, who are the angels closest to the divine and um, exist alongside the divine purely out of love, um, Dominic shines with the light of the cherubim, and the cherubim are just a tear down, um, and they are close to God because of their sight of wisdom, the wisdom of the divine. And so love and wisdom are being put here together. Thomas explains that um, he is bringing Francis to Dante's attention, not just to exemplify the light of the sun, um, but because in the previous canto, Dante had wondered about a phrase Thomas had used. Thomas had said that um, some of the sheep need to draw near in order to fatten, and Dante's wondering what that's about. Um, at the end of the canto, um, Thomas explains that because having exercised the life of St Francis, he then turns to his master, who was Dominic, because Thomas was a Dominican. 
and explains that the Dominican order has lost much of its original charism even a hundred years after its founding um, and so the monks of the Dominican order are likened to sheep who have gone astray into different pastures and so aren't fattening with the life of God um, and in fact the same thing is going to be said of the Franciscans too in the next canto. But for now the bulk of this canto tells the life of Francis. Um, it tells of his rising in Assisi and much is made of the puns on the word Assisi which means um, it was risen um, and Dante says maybe a better name for Assisi would be Orient which would be rising and it's set on an eastern flank of the hill. Um, it seems that the sun rises behind it in fact if you've ever been there. Um, he describes his rejecting the life of his father who was a merchant and again that feels quite significant because this mercantilism was very much being born in the 12th and 13th century. Um, it was a new way of life driven by material concerns, driven by market forces and Dante and Francis was born into a wealthy mercantile family and famously rejects the cloth and clothing of his father in a public performance in the marketplace of Assisi and naked turns to um, this different life embracing lady poverty. It describes how he quickly gathered disciples who ran to him feeling this new light um, and of course the contrast is with material splendours and spiritual splendours um, the idea being that these early Franciscans saw the deeper light, saw the splendour of the life that they were embracing even though on the surface it seemed perhaps a kind of madness to many except that it did draw lots of people and in fact thousands had become Franciscans even before Francis himself died um, and the canto describes how um, Francis approached two popes to get um, his order validated. Um, it describes his visit to the Sultan um, to preach to the Sultan during one of the Crusades. Um, it says that he didn't win any converts there but came back and received the final seal of his life which was receiving the stigmata, the final indicator um, of his sanctity. And indeed Francis was canonized within a couple of years of his death. So this biography of Francis in some ways makes this quite a straightforward canto. Um, maybe you can think of it as a bit like the light of the sun. Um, it's obviously seen. Um, it shines with a radiance that can't be denied. Um, in one way it's not like these more subtle lights that are going to draw us further into the heavens. But at the same time, in the life of Francis, the real force and spiritual impact of it comes from seeing the life with spiritual eyes, feeling its divine energy from within. And so it provides a great example of the spiritual light that Dante is so profoundly enjoying here in the heaven of the sun and which he's inviting us to orientate our lives around, not as he begun this canto, just being satisfied with a kind of flat world approach to life, which may be morally good, may be morally bad, but if we're not careful, risks out on the whole aspect of reality.